We've got another episode coming for you. We appreciate you guys tuning in a couple extra times a week, and we really appreciate our guests that have been on the show. If you're a new time listener, check us out. Subscribe. We're Oddity Files, the podcast, and we bring you creepy, cryptid, otherworldly stories that we find on the internet. We have a huge library to go back and binge on. We appreciate your time. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy. Weird is the new cool and ghost on. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Kitsy here. So last week I was on an amazing show on the Paranormal Channel on YouTube. A friend of mine asked me on and I met this fantastic man who you're going to get to know along with me. His name is George Lopez. George, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kitsy, for having me tonight, and uh, I appreciated you coming on as a guest for our show also. It was so much fun. So tell me a little bit, tell me and my listeners a little bit about your show on YouTube. Uh, It is a resurrection of a show that I had done for eight years prior called uh, Dead Air Paranormal Radio, and it was on a a website called Block Talk that uh, one of my paranormal investigators, when I still had a team, had introduced me to, and you know, I said, this sounds like it'd be interesting, and started off just us uh, talking about the paranormal and it exploded over the eight years that we did the show. We wound up getting the the biggest names uh, that are in the entertainment side of the paranormal community and the biggest names as far as investigators that were out there also. And we, uh, uh, we were blowing up. We were up there in the same level as uh, to me anyway, coast to coast. Cause I heard at one point in time that uh, we were being listened to by coast to coast and they were critiquing, how we sounded because we were doing oh, wow. it over the phone. We didn't have studios or anything, but we, we had phenomenal guests and phenomenal topics. And then we retired uh, myself, uh, of course, your friend and my friend, Ken DeCosta from Rise of Paranormal and uh, Mr. Michael Bowler, who was my co-host on the show from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, we decided to take a break for a while. So it was about three years. It would have been three years this August that we had decided to end the show. And uh, lo and behold, the three of us sitting at home (laughs) during this pandemic decided, you know what, not only do we need it because we're going to drive ourselves crazy being at home doing nothing, but a lot of people in the field out there, we don't have anything to listen to. And we sparked it back up again. And, you know, lo and behold, I was lucky enough to still reach out to these wonderful people such as Steve Deshabi from Dead Files who came on for one of our episodes. And then we had uh, Nick Roth. Uh, and Elizabeth Saint from Ghosts of Shepherdstown. Of course, Nick Ruff had multiple shows he'd been on and uh, some phenomenal investigators that have been out there uh, doing the work as foot soldiers have joined us on the show. And we got a hell of a lot more coming our way, but it's Dead Air Paranormal Resurrected on the Paranormal Channel on YouTube. And it it was so much fun. I I, kind of liked that your co-hosts and myself and you included, we all kind of had the same vibe about paranormal and and how you know we don't go in screaming and yelling at the ghosts and having an open mind and all that stuff so i think anyone who's listening right now is absolutely going to enjoy your show on youtube so let's talk a little bit about your paranormal background sure um mine's a little bit different than the normal 
cliche that you hear from people. I had paranormal experiences when I was a child. And, and that's why I got curious and got into this. I really didn't dwell on it. I mean, when we grew up, uh, I, I'm a Jersey boy, uh, born and raised, but at the age of 13, we moved to Florida for my father's job. And, uh, but the, the house we had in New Jersey, uh, we had a ghost we called Henry. Now, we didn't think anything of it. You know, it wasn't anything such as what uh, an injury a parent uh, had at the, the house in Harrisville, <laughs> Rhode Island. Thank goodness. But, uh, you know, we, we, yeah, this was, this was a friendly ghost. This was our Casper, so to speak. Uh, we moved down south, uh, south Florida, where I grew up. Uh, and then I went into uh, the military, um, where I really just wanted to go in for some sort of an administrative job, nine to fiver kind of thing. I was in the Air Force and um, served six years. Uh, three of those I served overseas in Germany. But my. Wait, what my years were you in Germany? My, uh, 87 through 90. I was there 89 through 91. Where were you? I was in Southern Bavaria. I was in Mannheim. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, you were up north. I was in, uh, I was in uh, Augsburg, which is about an hour west of Munich. And okay. it is the oldest city, I think, in Bavaria. I'm not sure if it's in Germany. Somebody can look that up. Google it. Uh, but 2,000-year-old yep. city. Yeah. And my speciality or my, my, my job was a Russian linguist. Um, when I first uh, joined the Air Force, they said, you seem to have this ability for, for language uh, would you be interested in testing? And then they gave me this foreign language that was made up. Okay. And I just went into studying and understanding the cadence of language. And they said, well, you have a choice between uh, Russian, Arabic, or Chinese Mandarin. And I said, I'll go with Russian. Because it was, you know, it was the the 80s. And, you know, there were movies out there that were, you know, Hunt for Red October, stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go for that. This sounds cool. Spy stuff. Like Cold War shit. And that's what's the, that was the job I wound up being. I wound up kind of being a spy. And uh, and it was cool. It was a really cool job. There wasn't that much hazard, thank goodness. Uh, but living in Germany, you got to do a lot of temporary duties and, and things like that. But, but most of it was monitoring uh, Russian pilots, Russian aircraft, and uh, what they were doing. And so that seemed to be my ability once I got interested in the paranormal, which was when I moved up from South Florida to the Daytona area, I didn't realize I was geographically uh, ignorant that the uh, St. Augustine was only about 45 minute drive from where I lived. I thought it was oh. on the West coast. So I'm like, gotta go there. I heard all about it. Gotta go there. Yeah. So started going up there and, and then, you know, they got the ghost tours there and all the different, uh, you know, amazing, uh, history that 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 this place from the french to the spaniards of course the native americans to the slaves it's it just unbelievable about history layers upon layers it's the oldest city in the country it was yeah. uh, plotted i think at 15 1563 so first i went up there as a tourist and i said i, I want to get some equipment and go and investigate so i got the basic 35 millimeter i got the basic audio recorder flashlight, you know, the, the, all the, the neat bells and whistles didn't come till later on or yeah. even invented yet. So I said, this is, this is kind of neat. And I uh, started investigating at that point in time. And I realized that I had a knack for EVPs because of Ooh. my training in the military as a Russian linguist. And then, and then from there, I started uh, going to 
paranormal conference after paranormal conference, because it was maybe a year and a half later that uh, Ghost Hunters emerged. Okay. And uh, it, and maybe about a year after that, they started having the darkness events with Dave Schrader and said, okay. um, you know, go to the Stan- Stanley Hotel or, or, you know, multiple locations across the country. And I said, I'm in both feet and started going to all these conferences and going to all these lectures and learning about the field and learning about these people who've been doing it for, for years. I mean, it's been about 15 years I've been doing it and I'm still a baby compared to some, I mean, look at Ken DaCosta since what, 1977, I don't know whether or not you, you uh, had him on the show yet, but you want to talk about an encyclopedia. It's I do need to have him on the show. Yes. Yeah. He's tremendous. But um, so yeah, we got, uh, we got a team started after about two years of doing the uh, the lectures. Port Orange Paranormal Society, which is the town that I lived in. So we called it POPs, Port Orange Paranormal Society. I like and it. And started doing residential cases. Uh, lasted for about two years. And then I realized that I couldn't do it anymore because some of it was torture. And I'm not just talking about the crazies. The crazies, you almost expect. That's how people yeah. are. You know, uh, you, you, they're just, again, it's like the full spectrum of colors that are out there. Same thing with people. But going to somebody's homes and seeing the way that their children were living, the conditions they were in. And I'm like, you know, I'm not no. experienced or educated to call child protective services and make a judgment call on this. But I, I just couldn't do it anymore. No, I don't blame so you. So eventually disbanded the team, then just started going on uh, my own and doing investigations uh, locally and uh, traveling uh, in distances also, eventually pairing up with Andrea Parent, who you know is the eldest daughter of the family that uh, the movie The Conjuring was based on. I met her once. She is lovely. Yes. I had her uh, for the show for Dead Air. I come on and uh, didn't realize she lived right here in Winter Garden, about an hour from where I live. And uh, we hit it off. It clicked. Next thing I know, we're doing tours together and doing lectures together and uh, wound up doing a radio show together called the world awakening and um, just had a phenomenal time doing that for quite, uh, quite a while, quite a while. But uh, you know, within the last, uh, I'd say the last two years or so I backed off quite a bit because um, you know, not, not trying to darken the, the topic or, or, or this discussion, but uh, unfortunately lost mom about two years ago. And, um, right after, oh, I'm sorry. thank you. Right after dad moved in and, uh, I've been taking care of him. He's going to be 86. God bless him this July. So oh. my priorities have changed. You know, he's number one. Of course I'm number four because after him being number one is his two animals, his chihuahua and his cat. Who are number two <laughs> and three. You know, everybody's got to have their priorities. No, it's, it's, um, you know, I, I do because I love him to death. You know, he's, 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 the, he's my hero. You know, he's an amazing, yeah. amazing person. Uh, one of these days, what I'll say, I could even do it later on, but I'll send you a, um, a video of him singing. Um, oh. Back uh, when he was younger, he was scheduled to be on the Arthur Godfrey show. What? And, um, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he's like the voices of Engelbert Humperdinck and that level. But uh, he uh, was given an ultimatum by mom. And I don't know if they were still dating or they were married at that point in time. I think they were just still dating. And mom said, look, it's either your singing career or me. What's it going to be? And he chose mom. 
and he Aww. continued to remind me of that every day of my life. You know, I chuck, I chose, you know, I chose your mother. You know that. Yes, yes I appreciate it. I didn't get to fulfill my dream, son, because I told you chose your mother so I could have you. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh, so where do you awesome. see your paranormal career? Because it sounds like your paranormal career has been all over the board. Um, you had me at you learned Russian. It helps you, uh, you know, distinguish EVPs. That's amazing. But where do you see your paranormal career going from here? Spiraling downward violently. Uh, I mean, I think that, um, you know, for me, I've had a battle with this field for quite some time. And it's one of the reasons why we shut down the show three years ago. Kitsy, it's, it's, um, it's a beautiful concept. One of the things that really gets under my skin is that the people cannot in this field differentiate between the paranormal and the paranormal shows, the entertainment right. and the pseudoscience. And while we all, you know, are kind of using the shows as a guiding light and how we should uh, conduct our investigations, and it depends on which show you're watching, whether or not you're going to scream and provoke the entities, or you're going to be very empathetic and polite and respectful. If you're going to scream at the clients, or you're going to be respectful. If you're going to dramatize every experience that you have or yeah. analyze the experiences that you have, whether it's through your equipment or through your own body, which is your best piece of equipment. Um, but it's all based upon the training that we have, which is the shows. There's, I mean, the only formal training otherwise I ever had was going to these events and speaking uh, to these people one-on-one, -on -one, whether it was Jason Hawes, Grant Wilson, whether it was John Zaffis, whether it was, May they rest in peace, Mark and Debbie Constantino. I mean, these are all mm -hmm. people that I got to know very well and dear. And would talk topic about the paranormal. My my yeah. my problem of it is is that it always seemed to be who can get the best evidence, who can get the most dramatic experience, you know, who can basically who can tell the best ghost story again. And it, that's not what I believe we need it to be and we need no. to be to this day and time yeah. so when i have been going around with uh, andrea and doing these lectures there was one stop we did which was in the upper peninsula of michigan a wonderful conference at uh soon saint marie casino huge 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 auditorium and uh, andrea uh, did her thing first talking about the conjuring and then brought me onto the stage and I immediately began by using a reference from Game of Thrones and said, um, we need to break the wheel. And I Agreed. apologized on behalf of the paranormal that, you know, we've failed you. We have failed you as a system to try and assist you in the problems that you're having. We're either beginning a dramatic off-air TV show when we walk in your house, or we're just not getting the exciting stuff we want so we lose interest too fast but we're not really doing justice for you right and i think the biggest thing and i I'm, i want to come around to it so i'll just use the word right now but the words collective consciousness um i want to bring that up with you here in a little bit but okay. as i said to you when you were on the show 
forget about the aspect of what happens after we die. We're never going to get that answer. We're never going to get the true response right. to that because as a species, maybe as individuals, but as a species, we couldn't handle the answer. There's no way. Oh, no. You know, the, the same the same principle thing when we talk about ufology, uh, you know, when people say, well, you know, the aliens, you know, they need to uh, they need to finally come forward. And, and the government, you know, we need disclosure from the government need to come forward. I'm like, as a species, we couldn't handle it. Think of the, the simplest scenario of uh, without well, the simplest, the most complex, the, you know, uh, one day the president walks out with an alien next to him and says, yes, we've been in contact with them. And this is an extraterrestrial. And there's going to be a woman in the audience saying, my son has cancer. Can you cure him? You have somebody else in the religious community saying, is there a God? Since you're a supreme being, you're an advanced being. Is there a God? We're not ready for the word no if it's no. Right. We're not. We can't handle it. I mean, you think of these cults that wind up committing suicide because they think a meteor is going to hit our planet. Forget about it if there was proof, absolute proof, definitive proof of extraterrestrials. So that being said, we'll never get the true answer what happens after you die. And for each person, it could be different. We have no clue. And we shouldn't have those answers because each one should be different. But if we pursued the simplest form, whether it is the location, the investigator, the procedure, the equipment, Uh, the time of day that in a place you could sit and talk to a spirit and that spirit's only ability is to say, I'm fine. Go on with your life. If we were able to develop a technique or piece of equipment that you could, it's only for 15 seconds. It's only for 30 seconds that you can remove that veil and speak to your dad. And you say, Mm -hmm. I love you. And he says, I love you too. And I'm fine. Go on with your life. Yeah. I think that that has more from a mental standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, that has more healing power than anything else that you can do. So do you think that the paranormal craze that's like the travel channel being completely taken over by paranormal, do you think it's it's people like me that they're they're making these shows for because I don't I don't want to know if there's a heaven or hell like I said I got into this because I wanted to know that my my daddy was okay I mean do you think or do you think it's entertainment value that's what I guess that's what I'm getting at do you think um, these shows are out there to actually show the evidence or do you think they're out there for the entertainment value and I guess it goes from show to show but I'll let you take over <laughs> yeah um, I mean if if you've talked to enough people uh in and out of this field. I mean, just sometimes if you're calling to talk to somebody about having something repaired and you say, yeah, yeah, I do a paranormal investigating. Ooh, that scares me. Or, ooh, I'm fascinated. It, it's There's such a, a strong division between the two, but there is a, a mass audience for this. You know, it wouldn't be an entire channel yeah. with nothing but paranormal shows on there if there wasn't a success behind it. The unfortunate part of it is, is that there are those of, uh, of some experience in the paranormal. I mean, such as yourself doing the uh, oddity files. As the oddity files goes out and does the investigations, you're scrutinizing what you're doing, just your team alone. 
Right. So when you're seeing the other shows, you're also scrutinizing. I, I watch Paranormal Caught on camera, and when I see some of this stuff, I'm like, it's a freaking cobweb in the camera. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's a cobweb. I've seen it a million times. But yeah. it's not geared towards an investigator who's been out there and has seen these uh, uh, security cameras or used the infrared cameras on their own investigations. Oh, damn it. Hey, Tom, could you go over to the one inside the bedroom? There's a cobweb in front of it. We know because we've done it right. for the normal person out there, for the layman who's never considered investigating. This is some scary stuff. And they, they bite into it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with, with such a, 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 an appetite for getting, let me get scared. Let me get, same thing happens with the movies too. I mean, same yeah. exact thing. That's why they've been so successful. That's why The Conjuring was a half a billion dollar movie. I loved you know, it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know it wasn't yeah, I mean, really yeah, based yeah. on fact, but it was entertaining. Oh, if you uh, ever book on Andrea, have Andrea come on with you. She's got a few things to say about that movie. She loves the movie and she loves the people involved with the movie, the actors, the directors. Good. She just says it was Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think paranormal investigators go into watching a movie like that, knowing that, you know, I, at least I hope so. I hope people, people in the paranormal world don't get shitty when, because, you know, I wish I could walk into a room and it was like poltergeist and everything swirling around the entire room, but it's not going to happen. That was one, to me, at least from what I could recall, that's the only motion picture that ever depicted a paranormal investigative team or the first one Yes, that actually had the, you know, the organization from a university come in. I think that was before Ghostbusters. So I think it was too. You know, that, that was amazing to me. Yeah. And they were, they, they played them actually Steve Gonzalez and I were talking about this the other day. They played them perfectly. They're like, Oh yeah, we caught a, a, a truck rolling across the floor over three days. And you know, that was exciting. And then, you know, uh, the dad opens the door and he's like, Oh, you think that's exciting? Wait till I show you what's going on in here. You know, but I, I do like the way that they, they played it off like paranormal investigators are. We're excited if a, you know, a little ball for no reason. You've level checked to make sure the floor is level and, and it rolls a little bit for absolutely no reason. That's exciting shit. It is. It is. I mean, some of the experiences and the, we could go on that um, keep you uh, glued to this field and, and not come unglued and not say, you know what, I'm, I'm spending hours upon hours in this abandoned building, sitting on a cold concrete floor, probably getting piles asking questions where I'm not getting responses to why do I even bother? And then it happens, yes. whatever it may be, whether it's an audible, whether it's a visible, whether it's a physical sensation and you're hooked again, you're hooked. Again. It, it is an addiction. It truly is. And for, you know, people out there, absolutely. I'm not the only yes. one. Yes. <laughs> and then when, when you get somebody who says, well, I don't believe in any of this stuff, you can't convince them until they've had that experience. Yep. They've got to have it on their own. It's, it's crazy. It really is. I mean, it, it's a, it's a field that needs to be out there without question. You know, they've been doing this for almost uh, a century now, my goodness. And yeah. since um, the gentleman from England who started this with the, uh, the ghost horse, I can't remember his name right now, but anyway, yeah, it gets to the point in time where you want to be able to say, you know, there's here's the evidence. It's right here. But we've so passed that so many times, meaning just the shows that you watch and you see stuff that some of these teams capture and go, 
there it is, or your own experiences. Yeah. There is no question that there is some sort of phenomena that is occurring on a daily basis that's out there. Ghosts exist one way, shape, or form, even though that's a very generic term, ghosts right. exist. It's now trying to figure out how we can get that repetitious response. If it's a if it's a residual haunt, let's look at the weather. Let's look at the time of the year. Let's look at the people that are involved, the equipment that captured it, and see if you can't duplicate it because I think that's your starting point. If you're out there on the Gettysburg battlefield and you know if you point this camera in this direction at this time of day, this time of the year, and this type of weather, you're going to capture the soldiers marching along the tree line. Let's see if we can't move that forward to capturing intelligent haunts and what actually mm -hmm. are the ingredients to make that happen. You know, things we've still been missing, database collecting as far as that's concerned. You know, a lot of our listeners aren't, you know, investigators. Some of them are, but most of them aren't. But they're they're enthralled by this world that you and I are fortunate enough to live in. What would be your advice if somebody just out of the blue says, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Where where would you send them first? What would you have them look into first? The first thing that you need to decide is what type of investigator you're going to be. Um, because it's all or nothing once you go in that direction. I mean, there are people out there, you can tell them uh, to your to your blue in the face, you know, you need to respect the spirits and you need to go in calmly and understand that, you know, you're kind of trespassing to where it is that they are at. So, you know, give them the courtesy uh, that they deserve, and and yet they want to go in guns blazing. Can't blame them. They see it on the shows. They can't, right. you know. They, well, well, it works for them. If I of all the shows that I watch, because if you if you watch Ghost Hunters and you watch Ghost Nation, then you know they always talk about the end. Well, I don't think there's anything here here to harm you, and we really didn't make the contact with the spirit you think you've experienced, and everything should be fine. And then you watch. Dead files, and Amy's saying you're going to move out of the house, or your whole family's going to die. Or exactly. you watch Ghost Adventures, and they're screaming. Yeah. So, my advice is, if you're going to go in, and you're going to become an investigator, decide what kind you're going to be first, and realize that there's a difference between entertainment and investigation. I've captured some amazing things over the years that I've done this. And it's never been from provocation. It's been from what we're doing right now, just getting mm -hmm. to know each other and talking with each other. But if you are, and sometimes just simply observing, being a fly on the wall, I've yeah. captured some crazy stuff. So if you're going to get this, first of all, uh, if you're going to start your own team, get one team member that's very rich so they can buy all the equipment. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's expensive. Uh, secondly, for the travel to a lot of these places too. But if, you know, start small, you know, sometimes it, the easiest thing to do is look at all the different lectures that are out there on YouTube, L listen to the talk shows. Um, the, the Oddity Files is, is a great example of having empathy in what it is that you're doing while you're investigating, you know, being able to look at combining the person with the equipment, not just relying upon the equipment, but relying upon the person that is utilizing the equipment also. Having harmony with, with the group of people that you're investigating with, 
and the one thing I didn't bring up, and you, you know this, Kitsi's mother, well as I do, you know, really dangerous to investigate alone, especially in a place you're unfamiliar with. I wouldn't um, do it. And it's not about that, you know, you might be attacked and you might be, you know, uh, possessed, of, but you might fall down a set of stairs. You might trip over something. God forbid, you always, always want to have somebody else with you. Second reason I always explain when I did have a team is two is one, one is none, is if that experience happens, if there's a, a scream or a visual, something like that, you have two people to collaborate versus your own, in quotation marks, ghost story. Exactly. So, you know, again, bottom line of it is, is that you have to decide who you want to be as regards to this. If you're thinking about trying to be a, this to become a, a TV star, then don't even bother because there are people who've been waiting years. And yes, you might get a spot on Paranormal Caught on Camera or My Ghost Story or some of these other ones that are out there. You might get that 15 minutes of fame, and God bless you if you do. Um, but it's, it's, it's not the work. It's not the research. Get into this to make a difference. Make a yes. difference in your life and make a difference in the lives of everyone with the discoveries that you make. I, I love the fact that you you talk about that investigation isn't all goosebumps and and you know seeing stuff and hearing stuff and smelling stuff. I, when people ask me what ghost hunting, for lack of a better term, paranormal investigating, is like, I said it's me sitting in a room that's dark talking to myself for hours. Yeah. <laughs> you said there was something you wanted to loop around back to and I wanted to make sure we covered that. Do you remember what that was? Collective consciousness. Yes. Let's this, let's talk about collective consciousness, George. I may have a different concept than say Brian Kano. Um, I may have a different concept than um, a Christopher Rondina. I may have a different concept than a Jeff Belanger as regards to the collective consciousness. But the things that I have experienced from this are nothing short of amazing, mind-blowing. And there are quite a few of them that are out there on YouTube, uh, but not enough of the ones that I did uh, over the past uh, three or four years. And, and I'll simply explain it uh, in basic terms so that people can visualize it, but uh, both in person. And I've also done this remotely over the phone for a couple of friends of mine who uh, these, these two wonderful ladies, uh, Terry Rohde and Tracy Watts, who are one's a librarian, one's a school teacher, go figure, and a paranormal investigator, uh, enthusiast beyond belief. They love, love, love this field. I love it. They're on the west coast of Florida, but uh, every summer up until this one, of course, uh, but they would do their paratour in the summertime and they travel all up the east coast. Uh, they've been up to Ohio, they've been up to New England. And they find these different places to go and investigate. Uh, some of them reputable, some of them they, they, that you never heard of before. But in these circumstances, they'd make sure they had some decent Wi-Fi. And they'd call me up and say, George, can you please join us for a collective consciousness? And what it entails basically is this, whether it's five people or 15 people, uh, such as when we were at the, um, I think it's the Russ House that's up in uh, Pensacola, um, that uh, I would have them sit or stand in a semicircle, um, basically letting them test their third eye, their ability. I believe everyone has the psychic ability, has that sixth yes. sense, but some people are just more 
advanced or you know or born with better skill to it let's like some people who can play piano uh, automatically a mozart and then other people who have to practice 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 i'm one of those people that had to practice uh, to get that skill down and what i would teach these people is first to uh, empty their mind of anything else that was going on i would set up a scenario of the room filling up with water all the way up to their necks and to feel the motion of the people around them first, the energy, the electrical energy in the water of the people around them first. And then I would invite spirits into the room so they can see or feel in their mind's eye with their eyes closed, these other energies coming into the room. And then I would ask the energies to stand behind certain people. I would ask the energies to give flashed visuals to certain people. And then once I got them all linked up, I would, basically say, okay, now the water is rushed out of the room. Which direction did the water come in from? And they would, on the average of 80 to 90% of them would all point in the same direction. Wow. So I'd say, open your eyes. And when they all open their eyes, they would be well that I'm like, you're linked, just so you know. And the ones that aren't linked yet, you're just not there yet. Like I said, right. you got to practice more to learn piano. Some of these people, you've got some of this gift already. And the next procedure we would do from there is tell a tale in a sense. So I would have these spirits connect with all of them and welcome them. So in other words, your eyes are closed. Now I want you to ask that spirit to move towards you. Introduce yourself. Don't say it with your mouth. Say in your mind's eye. Have this conversation in your head. So this spirit is moving towards you. Maybe it's blurred. Maybe it's a shadow. Uh, maybe it's crystal clear to begin with, but introduce yourself and say, I'd like to know what your name is. Tell me your name. And we would go on further, but then I'd go back and review, okay, what was the name you guys got? And somebody would say, John, and four other people would gasp. That's the name I got. Also. Yeah. Whoa. What was the That's visual? amazing. He was walking. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we go on to what now you're in John's body. Look down. What kind of clothing are you wearing? I'm wearing overalls, bare feet. I'm on I was just over, thinking you know, overall, George. <laughs> See? <laughs> That's insane. It's, it is. It, it, and, it, and again, from an aspect of me doing probably 12 to 18 of these, um, our success rate is running at about 80, 85% of people that are all connecting together. And once the session is done and I bring everybody back and it's not hypnosis and it's not meditation, it's something in between. Yeah. And I asked them now, which of you guys, while you were doing this, were afraid, raise your hand and no one raises their hand. Oh. So because you're connecting to the spirit. One of the things that we have a problem with, and I brought this up when you were on the show with us, and I bring this up during these collective consciousness experiences. If you start to get a headache or if you start to get a pain in your stomach or pain around your neck or your throat hurts, that could be the rawest form because emotion is the rawest form of communication that they could be telling you, I was strangled, I was poisoned, I was shot in the head, that, that this is their first connection with you. And to break the connection by going outside or I can't do this anymore, 
you lose that connection. They're trying to tell you and show you their story. The, the one that I'll never forget, ever forget, and I can still try to find out from Ken, we did it at the Payne House. We had a group of tourists, if you will, amateurs, what have you, that wanted to go to the Payne House one night and, and investigate. And uh, they had the cameras on everywhere. And we were in this uh, dining room and we did this collective consciousness experience. And there was a husband and wife and they both connected to a mother and daughter. And the, uh, the, the husband was connecting to the mother. And the wife was connected to the daughter. And they were holding hands. And they went through an experience of the two of them out in the backyard of the Payne House gardening back in the beginning mm-hmm. of the turn of the century. And broke down. Because they yeah. hadn't done that together in a hundred years. It, it was just an amazing experience across the board. This is the connection that we're missing in this field when we're just going all gadgety. That's, that's why kids eat. What you're doing is so important is that you add the human element is that you add the empathy is that you connect with them by saying, I can only imagine what you went through. I can only imagine what life was like here and, and tell me your story. And if you want to share with me, um, please, I, w- I would love to hear what it is that, we're missing so much of that and there aren't enough female leads in the show business part of this field yet to 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 give those examples there needs to be more of you out there oh well first and foremost thank you because i i didn't go to lectures and things like you did i just do what feels right and the fact that you appreciate what i do means the fucking world to me. So you made my entire week, sir. Thank you very much. We're lacking in that. And, and the, uh, the macho, you know, the aspect of, you know, I nothing shakes me. No, it, I mean, th- this is not about whether or not you're brave enough to go into a place. And, and I'm sorry. And I love him to death because I do watch a show for the entertainment factor of it with regards to ghost adventures. But how many times is Aaron going to get asked to go into basement and he's still going to be freaked out? Dude, you should know by now nothing's happened to you. And and every time a voice comes over the, uh, the spirit box, you jump with absolute shock. <laughs> it's like I did spirit boxes I, I, forever with my shack hack. We did a summer spirit box where every weekend we did an, a show. And then the following week we do a review of what we caught. And mm-hmm. um, the most exciting one we ever did. And if uh, anybody's checked it out yet on the uh, Paranormal Channel, uh, it was almost like a revisit with Sharon Coyle and Rolling Hills Asylum in East Bethany, New York. But about uh, five years ago, we did something that never was done before, which was to do a spirit box session between two locations, my home here in Florida and Rolling Hills Asylum. And we actually sent spirits from here to the asylum, spirits that I've worked with in the past, including a team member um, who, unfortunately, I lost Amanda, at the age of 23, she was killed in a car crash, and yet she popped up, uh, yeah, very soon after. But uh, we, we, the, the evidence, and it's on the Rolling Hills Asylum uh, website. Uh, you got to go back and, and look for EVPs. Some of the stuff that we captured was insane. Um, but, um, you know, we, we did another one with Sharon just recently, and uh, on the Ovilus, they captured Bury the Country. When we asked about 
the coronavirus. Very scary thing. Oh, that's terrifying. Very much so. The, the mindset for us, what we do in this field is, you know, getting answers, yes, making contact, critical, but making the right contact uh, so that, you know, I mean, again, if, if you had people come over your house and say, hey, you know, we're plumbers and the plumbers come over your house and they're like, you know, oh, you know, you have a, you're an idiot. If you don't know how to do your own plumbing, you're a jerk. You know, you're, you're, I hate your family. I hate your neighborhood. You're not going to want to bring in another plumber into the house. You, you know, it, it's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. That is the perfect analogy. You get a spirit, you know, that, you know, gets people coming in and yelling at you. you know, you're not going to want to talk to the next team that comes in, you know, no. you gotta give them that sense of comfort. You know, it's, it's a shame of the matter that, uh, that we have this, dichotomy that goes on in this field because yeah. you know, should we be aggressive or should we be should we be a little bit more uh, empathetic to what it is that we're speaking to we're not there yet but we're getting there no and i and i feel the winds are changing slightly i don't know how fast it's going to happen but i i think you know a lot of people ex- the younger audience likes the ghost adventures but i appreciate what like Adam and Amy are doing with when they go into a location. I I know the show portals to hell. I wasn't going to watch it just because it had portals and hell in it, but I feel like they're, they're (laughs) trying to actually find information as well. And I think, you know, ghost adventures is, is the flagship of travel channel. It's why travel channel is what it is now. It's entertainment value. And I think that's okay. I, I, you know, I just hope that, you know, people that do get into this because of that show. I mean, I watched the show before I did this. I'm not going to lie. But I've learned what works and how you get the real answers and talk to the real spirits that are there. And and I, I like I said, and I'm just repeating myself. This is not my interview. This is yours. But I think the winds are changing. Yeah. I, I mean, I still, after all these years of being an investigator and trying to keep on, on the good path, I still, for the entertainment value, I still watch the show, um, yeah. you know, and and it makes me laugh, you know, if, if if the word pudding comes across the obelisk, you know, Zach right away, could this mean that the pudding is what killed the entire family? Did they poison it? <laughs> Everything's a hypothetical. And I'm like, this is brilliant. This is just, and people just eat it up like candy. They do. They do. And, Go you know, I watch it too. Still always will. But, and you know, I, I went to Zach's museum. I freaking loved it. I wish I had his money so I could own the Dybbuk box. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> Amen. Uh, well, George, right, thank you. you know? Yeah, he did. He did. Thank you so much for being on the show. I truly, truly appreciate it. And I hope we stay in touch. It was really nice to get to know you. You got to know me last weekend. It was my turn to get to know you this weekend. Thank you. No, I greatly appreciate it. And a uh, couple of things for your listeners. If you're avid readers, uh, definitely check out the book collaboration that was done by Andrea Perrin and myself called In a Flicker. It is a uh, fictional story that explains why Jack the Ripper was never caught. And so you can find that on Amazon. That's In a Flicker. And... Um, something coming up very soon too. I just got a call. Andrea Perrin just called me 15 minutes before we did the show tonight. And I'm going to be one of the guest investigators for a week long streaming of the farmhouse (gasps) in Rhode Island. 
Everybody tagged me in that post today. That's so exciting. But they're going to have multiple guests. Andrea is going to be somewhat of a uh, an MC for this, but uh, we're going to have a chance to pseudo investigate via a webcam. Uh, they're going to have a whole bunch of uh, still cameras and film crew that are going to be inside of the building, and uh, so I'll be there to conduct a collective consciousness between me and just the spirits alone. So we've seen some interesting things as far as that's concerned. I, I, I still haven't figured out what I want to do yet, but I know I want to yeah. do something that's going to be creative. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait. It's been really nice to get to know you, George, and I, I owe Ken. So thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. And again, you're welcome anytime on the show. Even if you're bored when I say, hey, I want to be a fourth. <laughs> you, you're welcome to come on. You're absolutely fantastic. You're you're. You're just electricity on the show, so we'd love to have you back again as well. Oh, don't offer me that because I may be bored and be like, okay, I'm coming on. Send me a link. (laughs) Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to Prime members and dirt cheap to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files Fan Group and click join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? Tell your coworkers family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and grandma, your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave that in a voicemail. Call us at 317-300-6699. To contact us about an appearance, reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com. When you have a set, rate, review, and subscribe. We know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Um, why are you still here? Go on. Get out of here. Turn it off. It's done. Really? I swear. Go. Get. Serious. I'm out of here.